Welcome to Louise's Health Kick podcast with Louise Mercia. Louise is a nutritional therapist, award-winning author of How Food Shapes Your Child, and a presenter on Early Years TV Food Channel. As well as all this, Louise is the force behind the Health Kick, promoting a healthy lifestyle without the contradictory and often misplaced advice in the world of nutrition. Hello and welcome back to Louise's Health Kick podcast in the sugar series. Now, I wanted to carry on talking about sugar, but I'm also aware that we are actually in the festive period and I don't I don't want to be a killjoy about festive food. I know that certainly this is the season where we tend to consume perhaps the most sugar and we certainly do have a lot of reasons why we do that but what I wanted to get into in this particular podcast is that yes we do eat a lot at Christmas but some of the times when we do that we're actually eating a lot and making ourselves sometimes feel ill um, and sometimes we are leading ourselves into a January that is full of misery of food guilt for those of you who will eat to excess and then feel a sense of shame or guilt over what we've eaten and go into the next month with an aim to sort of punish ourselves and knowing that we've overindulged, but also knowing that perhaps we're going to make up for it in January. And that can really lead us into a miserable January. Let's face it, January is a miserable enough month at the best of years, um, not to mention the last two Januaries. So Certainly, we know that January is a bit more of a miserable month, and we don't need to add to that with the the doom and gloom of a diet. I'm going to touch more on diets a little bit later on. So, what I really wanted to talk about was how can we have a festive indulgence without compromising our health, and how can we really be in control of our festive indulgence? Because often, what happens is we're not even in control of it. We in that situation where there's a packet of biscuits or a Santa bowl of, of sweets in front of us and, and chocolates. And before we know it, the thing's empty and we haven't even noticed that we've eaten it. So that's not particularly enjoying the food and it's not particularly being in control of food. And those are the sorts of things that can lead us to feel really quite poorly with the amount of festive food and sugar that we are consuming. So traditionally, if we look back at this sort of season of indulgence, We used to have the 12 days of Christmas as a period of excess, but in the run-up to those 12 days, we would have had a time of Advent when there was a period of fasting and certainly not indulging. So Christmas indulgence was really limited to the 12 days of Christmas. As soon as the 12 days were over, you would return to a more restrained way of eating. What we have now, of course, is Christmas is much longer, or sorry, the Christmas indulgence is much longer than the 12 days of Christmas. The the shops and the festive foods start appearing around November, October even. And so we have this temptation of going into the season early. Oh, let's buy this now and get it in. But before the season's here, we've actually eaten it and we have to go and replace it because the tin of sweets or the box of biscuits or the Christmas cake has already been eaten in October or November. So the indulgence starts earlier and is therefore more prolonged. We don't have a festive period, which is 
confined to the festive period. We have a prolonged period of indulgence. And that's not our fault. That's because the food is there in the shops tempting us to buy it. And we will look in the future at the food industry and their role to play in our health. And and my views on that, which are not complementary to the food industry in any way, shape or form, but more on that another time. So the over-excess that we experience, and it's important to remember it's not our fault because with these foods, they are tempting us at every step. So when they're in the shops early, when they are there, and they're on offer probably, because they always put things on offer that we don't need. So therefore, we think we've got to buy it because we're getting a bargain, but we don't need it. So we have them in, and then there's all the other temptations that we have that aren't normally there that lead us to eat more. And we have the feeling as well of, well, it's dark and it's cold and I can't go out anywhere anyway because of, you know, the social situation that we find ourselves in. So... I may as well just eat. And for many people, eating is a form of comfort or a way of dealing with a stressful situation. And we know that Christmas can be stressful. There are many reasons why Christmas can be stressful. It can be the desire to have a perfect Christmas. It can be the desire to create something that you think is the perfect Christmas. And to sometimes forget what would actually make us and everyone around us happy is not necessarily the perfect Christmas. It could be relatives. It could be it could be family that we either can't see and that's stressful or we can see and that is also stressful. There are many reasons why the festive period brings with it a host of, of emotional and, and stressful situations. There could be memories associated with Christmas that trigger emotional eating. It could be uh, it could be sad memories. It could be things that have happened over this time of year that lead you to, to eat. And of course, the food is there in more, in more abundance than it normally would be. So if you're feeling low or sad or a bit isolated, then food could be something that you turn to subconsciously to make yourself feel better to make yourself feel comforted. Whereas we know biologically it does none of those things, but it's something that people turn to when they're stressed, when they're emotional. Food industry knows this, of course, which we'll touch on in the future. So there are many reasons why we eat so much at Christmas, but there are many health problems that come with it. One, the biggest one is, as I mentioned in the introduction, when we feel guilty, because if we're going to indulge, at least enjoy it and be happy, and in control and taste the food, don't just mindlessly eat it, which is the scenario of the sugar, the, the, the sugary sweets just disappearing and you're not even, who ate all that? Where did they go? You're not even noticed that they've gone. So if we are going to indulge, at least enjoy it, at least experience it and we, you know, enjoy it. There's many reasons why people don't. And this is when we go into January or even before January feeling really miserable about ourselves, feeling really let down with ourselves because people will often think, oh, I've been really good all year and all year and I really let myself down because I've really overindulged. Well, that for me is quite sad because what we should be experiencing at Christmas with all the festive foods, with all the indulgence and eating to excess, I'm all in favour of that as long as people are in control when they're doing it and as long as people are not going to punish themselves because When we then go into January or before January, perhaps if you start the guilt slightly earlier and you start to feel, you know, I feel really guilty. I've put on lots of weight. I feel really, I feel really horrible about myself. There are all sorts of of health and mental health implications that come with that. We feel really low about ourselves. We go into January and we're then in a very susceptible position for the 
demons that are the diet industry. When you're at your lowest point in January, it's dark. We're poor from the credit card bills. We're, we're guilty from the food that we've eaten. And we know we're miserable. And then out comes all of the miracle weight loss cures. So January, January the 1st, if not before, they start to bombard us with their, their diets and how this is going to you know, be the one thing. And various celebrities um, advocating certain brands or certain clubs as a way of offering this solution that you so very much need because look what you've done to yourself over Christmas. And this is very much the message that you will be hearing. And if you're going into January with feelings of, I've really overdone it and I feel really bad and I feel really guilty and, you know, what what can I do? Then you're going to be very susceptible to these diet people. And you're going to go into a very miserable January because dieting is perhaps one of the most miserable things that we can do to our body it's one of the most miserable things we can do for our mental health and it's one of the most miserable things we can do for our metabolic health now i'm going to do a future podcast on fat metabolism and how the body and the metabolism actually works but when we're miserable guilty have low self-esteem and are carrying a bit of extra weight the thing that is perhaps least effective is going on a diet and that may sound strange to you that is the thing that is the least effective because what we actually need to do, and this can start whilst we're indulging, is just to actually appreciate our body. Appreciate our body. Recognize that we're eating foods that are certainly not healthy, completely nutrition, nutritionally devoid. But if we're going to have it, enjoy it and don't feel guilty for having it because guilt leads to stress. Stress leads to increased cortisol, the stress hormone. Cortisol leads to increased abdominal fat. So as if eating all the food isn't enough to help the weight pile on, our mood can also influence the weight going on as well. So the guiltier and the more stressed we feel about our food intake, the more fat we're actually going to hold. So completely, completely counterproductive. So one of the things that I think is the best thing to do for yourself through Christmas is just to try your best to be in control, not to limit, not to say, oh, no, I'm not having those this Christmas. Yeah, I listened to this podcast and she said not to have them because that's the worst thing we can do to ourselves as well. Soon as somebody tells you you can't have that, you want it more than ever. Even if you're saying to yourself, I can't have that, not somebody else telling you, you want it more than ever. So we're not saying don't have these things, but have them not even in moderation. You can indulge all you like. Just don't go mad to the point of making yourself feel ill. Because when that happens, we can. there's lots of sort of symptoms of, of excess that you, I'm sure you're familiar with. But there are more subtle signs to look for if you think during the festive season, which perhaps started in October, you might be having too much sugar. There are a few telltale signs that your body will start to, to show you. And this is sort of one of the biological effects of excess, We've not just the physical weight gain and, and other things like that, that we then sort of notice them. It's like, where on earth is this come from? Why do these not fit me anymore? That's a more obvious sort of side effect of the indulgence. Before then, there are some signs which I'm going to go through with you that you may recognise one or a few or even all of them. So if you are having too much sugar, here are some of the things to look out for. One is that you'll feel constantly hungry. Sugar is very satisfying to your taste buds, but it is not satisfying to hunger. It does not fill you up. That's why you can eat the entire Santa Claus, why you can eat an entire packet of biscuits. It doesn't fill you up, which means you can continually continue eat 
and eat and eat and eat. Actually, that's a biological trait that stems from being um, from when we used to be hunter-gatherers because we would come across sweet food so rarely that we could actually gorge on it and consume it to, to a limitless capacity. Unfortunately, we haven't lost that biological capacity despite the fact that we have no need whatsoever to consume sugary foods to a limitless capacity. We are still capable of doing so. Of course, there's the obvious weight gain. So we know that sugar is the leading cause of weight gain. And it causes, it's not just a weight gain, but it causes this cycle of excess. So when we eat sugary foods, we don't feel full. So we get a very short window where we're sort of satisfied. But that will quickly drop and we'll want more food. And we'll, sometimes we'll think, I've had loads of sweet stuff. I just need a bit of cheese to, to counterbalance all the sweet things. Or I just want something savory, a bit of toast or something, just to counterbalance it. So it was almost like we're constantly eating to try to satisfy. Mood swings are another indication of too much sugar. Although that's also quite sort of symptomatic of the season and, um, and various things that are going on in the world that could certainly cause people to have mood swings but sugar does have a direct link on our blood sugar and that has a direct link on our mood because the brain likes to have a constant and steady supply of regular blood sugar rather than the spikes and drops that are caused by high sugar foods. Another thing to look out for is feeling exhausted. Again, I think that's quite symptomatic of the time of year. It's dark, it's cold, it's, it's you know, we're sort of hanging on to get through the last few days of work. So most people will feel exhausted, but a side effect of too much sugar is it will actually affect your sleep. It won't necessarily stop you getting to sleep. So you don't necessarily lie awake for a long period of time, but it will affect the quality of your sleep once you are asleep. And that, in a, in a cycle again, will make you feel more fatigued the following day. And when you're fatigued, your hunger hormone ghrelin is increased. And unfortunately, ghrelin, the hunger hormone, craves more sugary foods to try to fill the void that it feels hungry. So it creates a cycle. Poor sleep equals increased cravings equals more poor sleep. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Another thing to look out for is your taste buds may change. The more sweet things you have, the more your, your palate wants things that are very sweet. So nothing tastes sweet enough. When I work with people and they come off uh, refined sugar, free sugar, sugary foods, and then they have something like a banana, they'll say to me, I'm amazed at how banana-y this banana is because it's actually quite sweet and natural and banana-y. But when your taste buds have been sort of dumbed down through sugar and synthetic sweetness, you can't naturally taste things that are naturally sweet because they don't taste sweet enough. So if you find that food doesn't really taste as it should and, nothing, and things don't taste very sweet to you, then you're potentially having too much sugar. A visual sign is your skin. Um, skin does not like sugar. Sugar is... Um, accelerates the aging process which can lead to wrinkles and it also can create acne and um, it's just generally not very good for the skin to have a high sugar diet. Sugar is also an inflammatory food and this time of year many people suffer with joint pain but sugar being an inflammatory food will worsen that pain as well so counterproductive if you do suffer with your joints to have a lot of sugar because it will make those, those pains worse. Confusion, again, something that perhaps is symptomatic of the season, but 
If you're feeling particularly forgetful or confused, this could be due to high blood sugar levels in your body. And of course, digestive issues, because too much sugar can cause all sorts of digestive discomfort. And of course, cravings. If you always want something sweet, if you finish a meal and think, I just I just need something, just take the edge off, just a little, little something, then that's a cycle that we need to break and to look at managing and being in control of food intake rather than food being in control of, of you. So those are some of the sort of symptoms and signs to look out for if you feel like you're having too much sugar. But another thing to kind of bear in mind is get through Christmas and enjoy the food. Don't feel guilty. Don't think I'll make up for this in January. I'll, I'll make myself pay for this in January. I'm not eating this. I'm not doing this. I'm going on this. I'm, I'm All of those things are very counterproductive to long-term weight loss. Long-term weight loss does not work well when we are eliminating entire food groups, when we are depriving ourselves, when we are punishing ourselves because we're not actually addressing the real issue of our relationship with food by depriving ourselves of food that we crave. We may well go into January and some people may be successful with a short-term weight loss and they may, yay, I got rid of it all. But then the next time there's a period of indulgence, it will all happen again. And that's not very good for the metabolic system. We'd like to get things in control so that we're not going from one extreme to the other, that everything is in balance and harmony, which is how the body likes to be, all in balance. So how can we get through and enjoy the food at Christmas without making ourselves ill? And all of those things might not sound like they make you ill, but they can make you feel a bit bleh. You know, just not great, just bleh, tired, achy, confused, you know, just, just bleh. We don't want to feel bleh. We want to feel good. So if we can manage our food relationship and enjoy our food relationship through Christmas, and I don't mean go absolute crackers and eat a box of chocolates a day and a whole cake a day because that's no good for anybody. We do have a type 2 diabetes crisis in this country. Please don't do that. But keeping things in control and enjoying what you do have we don't want to go into a measurable January and be prime targets at our lowest point, prime targets for the diet industry to start bombarding you because they will bombard you. And if you feel bad enough about yourself, you will fall for what they're saying. And unfortunately, there's so much evidence I've written extensively on this that they do not work. They will make you feel worse. And as long as we've had a diet industry, we've had a growing and worsening global obesity problem. So please don't fall for the traps in January. What can we do through the season as well as not feeling guilty and enjoying our food? Well, we can try to keep active. You can't out-exercise a bad diet. So for those of you who do exercise, you know, I'm all right, I'll go for a run, I'm all right. Yes, it may counterbalance some things, but it won't get rid of the physical signs that the joint pain, the confusion, the digestive issues. It might counteract some of the weight gain, but it won't do any of the other things. And so you can't out-exercise the bad diet, but we can be more active. We certainly don't need to just lie on the sofa for the entire time that we're off work. Going for a nice walk, in the, in it, it's so mild. We can, we can get out and do things because it is so mild and we're able to, to, to actually get out and enjoy having a bit of fresh air and just being slightly active will actually 
you know, increase our natural feel-good hormones, which we get from sugar, but they're not natural. It will it will increase our you know, our mood naturally. So we don't need the sugar and it will take away some boredom because often people will eat because they're bored and it's something to do. Whereas if we're doing something else, then that takes away that boredom. And that's particularly prevalent with children. If you have children who are normally at school and then they're home and they're sort of ferreting around the cupboards, if you don't offer them food, but offer them something else to do, you'll find that after they're not hungry at all, it was just something to do. And eating is something to do. So try to keep active and also try to think of non-food ways to make memories. So for many people, Christmas baking and things like that's a lovely food memory and that's great and it's lovely and that should definitely continue. I'm all for creating food memories, but I'm also all for creating non-food memories. Because then when we have these neural connections and memories around food at Christmas, we've also got memories and happy times that are not associated with food because Christmas is about much more than just food. So trying to do different things like could be crafting. Um, I would say watching a movie, but that tends to be accompanied by eating something. Um, Going on a a walk around where you live and looking for the best street lights and little things like that, but things that don't cost any money, that don't involve you engaging with lots of people, which of course is something that we are trying to avoid at the moment. And it's just quite easy to get up and do and take your mind away from food and, and actually does make you hungry for real food. Um, which often all of the sugary foods can take away. And so that can leave us also a bit malnourished over the season because we're eating all of this sort of food, but we're not eating enough of the proper food. So a nice bowl of soup or something or a nice proper meal is really good to come back to. So it's entirely possible to indulge at Christmas. And I would encourage people to indulge at Christmas because food is so important. And when people deprive themselves of food, and deny themselves things, it can ruin their memories of Christmas. Well, I was on a diet that Christmas and it was really miserable because I had to look at everyone else eating all this so I couldn't have any better. So, and it's it's really quite miserable. So I don't want people to, to do that. I don't want people to deny themselves, but I also don't want people to feel guilty like, about what they've eaten over the season and then prime targets, as I say, for the January diet. So have a wonderful healthy, happy Christmas with with all the indulgence you like, but being in control to an element and whatever you've done, however much you've overindulged, the most important thing is not to feel guilty um, as that will put you in a bad position for going into January. And the thing is, food industry and the diet industry know how to play on people's weak points. And that's exactly what they do come the 1st of January. So happy Christmas from me, Louise, and I will see you in the new year. You've been listening to Louise's Health Kick podcast with Louise Messier, discussing all things health and nutrition to show you that food and health are intrinsically linked and teaching you how amazing you can feel. Find out more at www.thehealthkick.co.uk or read her book, How Food Shapes Your Child, or get in touch on social media. This is a 1386 audio production.